In a world with custom calls, custom shotguns, and custom shotgun shells, why stop there? Why not custom decoy rigs made to hunt the way you hunt? From the jerk cords for the flooded timbers of Arkansas, to the long lines for the diver hunts of the Great Lakes, to the Texas rigs for the crawfish ponds of Louisiana and the rice fields of the Sacramento Valley. At A-Bear's Custom Decoy Rigs, LLC, they have the rig for you. From their coated cable to their patent tangle-free monofilament rigs to their endless weight, shapes, and sizes, they have what you're looking for. Find them at www.abearcustomdecoyrigs.com or find them on their Facebook page. Remember, get the rig for the way you hunt. Flyway Connections is brought to you by The Real Decoy. If you're looking to make your decoy spread come alive, check out the products. From the Roughneck and Natural Swimmer with the Max Flow keel design for optimal speed and battery life. To their Natural Flutter Extreme Mod 1, featuring their new proprietary tsunami wave technology that gives your decoy spread natural water movement. If you're the hardcore waterfowler looking for hardcore motions, look up the Real Decoy products at realdecoy.com. Use promo code FWC22 for 15% off of your next purchase. gentlemen welcome back to the flyway connections podcast today it's just joe on here i'll be flying solo chris and sharp could not make it everyday lives got them today but uh super excited to have our guests on today um a fellow californian and um cory foskett uh, of tangle free hey how you doing today cory good joe thanks for having me bud looking forward to catching up hey um not a problem thanks for being on so the way I usually start every um, every podcast we have a guest is I, I'm my famous my, my famous question I ask everyone uh, how was your season this year? Uh, so I'm sorry that question was what? How was your uh, waterfowl season this year? Um yeah it was it was it was good. Um, California's got a lot of water issues right now, and so probably not as many opportunities to go out where I have in the past, but, um, I actually, uh, I probably hunt just, just as much, if not more out of state where I go visit, uh, I go visit some, some big customers of ours, um, some guide outfitters or travel a little bit with, with Sean Stahl and, and the R and T, uh, goose crew kind of, kind of travel in the Midwest. So, yeah. but in California, man, it, it was fine. Um, no complaints. It wasn't, it wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was probably just about average. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind asking, uh, how old are you? I'm 45. 45. All right. So, well, I'm, yep. I'm 38 or 37. So, you know, we okay. go, we all hunt, you know, we kind of cut our teeth in that in, in, in the nineties in California. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize how big of a waterfowl state California is. Yeah, California, I know when we first uh, we first got in the industry, um, a lot of people used to kind of joke around and say things like, oh, you guys allowed to hunt in California. And I think I think the outside uh, world thinks of California as San Francisco and Los Angeles. Um, yes. They don't realize they don't realize how big California is and how what the limits are like. And, um, you know, when you start telling them, hey, we have a hundred day season, they'll be like, people are like, wait, wait, you could hunt a hundred straight days. I'm like, yep. And then 
you know, like we were talking before the call went live is, you know, you know, you could go out to try to target specs and go out and get 10 and 15 snows and seven mallards, or like you mentioned, seven wood ducks. I mean, the limits are unbelievable. So, um, it's kind of like, all right, you can say what you want about California, but man, like people sure want to come out here to, to go after those limits, you know? Yeah. I mean, and then even the ducks that are the, are the geese that people only think about, like the brand going down and be able to kill a uh, Pacific brand. I say, uh, especially being like the part where me and you are from like 45 minutes, one way you can go kill Brant in the ocean and some sea ducks drive up an hour and a half being the Sac Valley shooting the specs. Yeah, it's California is pretty, I mean, there's so many different ways to hunt and so many different species to hunt. I mean, um, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I, I meant to look it up, but, um, the amount of birds you could get, honestly, like I would just guess and say could be up to, you know, 20 different species or maybe even a little bit more or pretty close to it. But that's, that's pretty incredible for a one yeah. state, you know? Yeah. So how did you get involved with Tangle Free? Um, well, I was, uh, I was out of college and I was, I was, uh, just kind of doing a couple different jobs. I was in the health, health and nutrition industry. And my sister, uh, who's, who's uh, my, the business partner here, um, she was running an auto body shop and office for an auto body uh, chain. And, uh, my parents, they have, they've had some businesses that they're in construction and my parents said, Hey, why don't you guys, why don't we start meeting up and seeing if there's a business we can help you guys get started. We'll be investors and, and see about, uh, you know, getting a, getting a business started that can support two families. So we would meet uh, a couple times a month with our, my parents and our CPA. And, uh, man, we talked about anything from car washes to storage facilities to, uh, you know, water, uh, water companies. And, uh, long story short, we, one, one of our CPAs, um, clients was a, comp- a company by the name of bond B O N D. And they were in the, uh, they got started in the outdoor, uh, industry from the standpoint of gardening, like, uh, pruning shears and bamboo mm-hmm. stakes. And, um, they had a little bit of uh, about a two or three year window where they had some downtime with the factory. So they, they got into some blow molding the decoys and, uh, we met with them a couple times and they liked the fact that we're a family-based business like them. Uh, they sold us bond. And then about two months, maybe a month and a half later, we heard that Tango free, which was a local company that started in uh, 1972. Um, very, very good friend and awesome gentleman by the name of Dan Kiernan, him and his father started it, Jack Kiernan. And, um, they were going to, he wanted to sell tangle free. So it was a perfect opportunity to get a very well known established, uh, name and, and, and product in the waterfowl space. So yeah, that was eight, that was, yeah, that was over 18 years ago. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So were you a big waterfowl growing up? Not at all, actually. Um, I, I grew, yeah, I grew up, um, I grew up kind of hunting like uh like big game literally i started yeah. with you know like ground squirrels and then like um deer and coyotes and and pigs and stuff and uh, yeah my my i didn't understand waterfall hunting i thought it was like i don't know i just thought it was crazy you gotta get cold and wet and get up <laughs> early and i just 
I didn't, um, I didn't really understand it. Um, I never really went, I never had a lot of opportunities. And then when we, you know, my, my, my version of duck hunting was probably, um, just going to like jumping like stock ponds, like cattle ponds, you know, yeah. so I didn't really, I didn't quite, un, I didn't quite understand what it was all about. So when we bought the business, um, I thought, well, I better start going and just try to understand this so I can at least understand what people are talking about. And, uh, of course the rest is history because you go and have some really cool things happen. Like, you know, some, some birds decoy and right. And then it becomes very addicting. And, uh, um, I certainly, I certainly enjoy waterfall hunting. There's no question about it. Um, I don't get to go as much as I would like to. Um, when we started the business, um, I was traveling a ton from starting in September all the way through March. So, you know, if I had to go call on a dealer on a Wednesday, I would be busy on Monday and Tuesday leading up to the meeting. And then I'll be, see the dealer maybe on, maybe on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'll get back Friday. And then, um, I'd be playing catch up or, you know, my wife and I, we have, we have three daughters and they're heavily involved in sports and I was coaching them. So, so yeah. really, I, I basically, unfortunately at this point, I, I basically pass on tons of hunting opportunities because I'm, I don't really want to, at first it was work related. And then now it's more like, um, uh, my, my daughter's sports and stuff. So I just, I kind of pass quite a bit. Um, they're starting to get older now. So some little windows are opening up more, but, um, it's fine. I'll have, I'll have plenty of time to, to chase birds, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you do, have, I mean, you probably get to hunt a little bit locally. Uh, where are some of the spots you hunt locally at? Um, yeah, I've, um, there's a couple different private clubs, like in the Sassoon Marsh, you know, like you, you kind of touched on a few, um, from your, when you were out here in the nineties in California, but some, some private, some private places in the marsh, but then my dad has a club up out of, uh, up out of Lambertville, which is by, uh, the Sac, Sac Game, yeah. uh, refuge. Sorry. It's up by the Sac Valley. So he's got a little club there and then just a lot of other family and friends have stuff kind of scattered throughout. So, um, actually been cool. Been, been hunting the, the Delta a little bit as well. Um, yeah. a couple of different buddies are guides and, uh, or they just go out and find spots shooting out of floaters floating blinds or yeah. just on the banks and stuff. So a little, a little bit of everything. That's what, that's what we kind of talked about is California being so diversified as how many different, different, uh, types of hunting you could, you could go after, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's funny you say Lambertville. I mean that, uh, my great, my great grandfather, he built a, um, a duck club up there, Moon Lake duck club in the thirties up there in Lambertville. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. Right off of a uh, four mile road. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, Lambertville has been interesting. It's, uh, I really feel like the birds have changed their pattern of where they, where they fly to, because, you know, for example, my dad's worked, um, worked with like ducks limited and CWA and, yeah, and they've done a lot of stuff to make the club better as far as the trees and the, and the, and just everything about it, leveling it off and making shallow water and a lot more feed available. But, um, there's just not as many birds up there anymore. So it's kind of weird. I don't know if they're going to come back or what, but it's, it's not, it's not as good as it used to be, which is, which is, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where, that's amazing. I mean, I killed my first, I tell everyone, um, at 12 is when you, when you're legally allowed to hunt in California back then. And my first two, two birds I ever killed were two bull pintails. 
Um, you know, oh, man. That, that's back when the pintails were, uh, I think back then it was three birds per person per day. Uh, I mean, now yeah. it's down, federally yeah. down to one. But yeah, um, I have pictures of my great grandfather, my grandfather, when um, it was 11 bird, 11 bird limits and you could shoot all pintails. I have pictures that hang on my house. Yeah, crazy time. But yeah, that's unbelievable. That that's like that's like the owner Dan Kiernan, formerly of Tango Free, and uh, and his father. Like like you know some of the stories he would tell us, and some of the pictures are incredible. Just just the pintails, the sprig were unbelievable, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but, you know that's the one thing about you know we're talking about California and all that, and you guys being a California-based company, and you know. I get into, I'm kind of with the gear nerd when it comes out, all of us for uh, hunting. Um, you know, we all hunt, you know, we call it flyway connections because we all hunt different flyways. You know, um, the other two hosts are from Texas, Dylan's from Georgia, but he guides in um, uh, Arkansas. Then I hunt, I mean, I kind of bounce all over the place. I'll hunt back in the West Coast when I go home and I'll hunt down here in Louisiana. But the thing about, Tangle free is your products. Every you have a a decoy for every species, almost in North America, and everything you could possibly hunt in California. Where you know some some brands are you know mallard heavy, you know, and you guys have a plethora of gear. But well, just on the decoy portion, you guys have everywhere from sandhill crane pigeons. Long tail, uh, sea ducks. I mean, you guys have, you know, have it all when it comes to the decoys. Yeah. You know, we, um, it took, it took, it definitely took a while to get there. You know, um, I could look back and when we first started and, um, didn't really know a lot and tried to understand it and learn every, every, every year, just try to understand like what we're missing in our lineup and like what people were needing. And, um, you know, it has to start with mallards and Canada geese, you know, that's, that's kind of the meat and potatoes across the country. And then we just started, um, little by little, I'll just say building the assortment out. Right. Uh, and, and, and really listening to what dealers as well as, uh, customers were asking for, you know, so, you know, um, and the thing that's unique about waterfowling is every, every pocket of the country, it, it, there's, you know, there's certainly birds that are the main birds people go after. Um, but we're, we're trying to give everybody as many options as possible. Um, also while trying to really focus on skew, skew count, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to carry something. We don't want to carry something just to carry it. We want to make sure that it makes enough sense to, to, to build, to build it, you know, cause there's, there's a heavy investment from, from, um, the, the carvings to the molds and then, it takes quite a while to recoup stuff. Uh, yeah, to recoup that investment. So we're we're pretty cautious about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So just so yeah, on the like we we're saying on the decoys. I mean, you guys have everything. And y'all, you know, for me hunting down here in Louisiana, I run a lot of your guys' decoys, and you know, especially like, you know your pintails, your spoonbills. But you know, in the last five years, companies have just barely started coming out with spoonbills decoys. I think you guys were pretty much one of the first ones on the market that had the a spoonbill decoy. Yeah, you know, um, you, you know, there was there was obviously a couple companies that um, really got out and and raised the bar high. And um, 
I would like to think that we were in that, you know, that second tier um, of really offering a lot of species. And as, as the years have gone by, there's, you know, you see more and more uh, companies uh, start to expand on their assortment, just kind of like what we did, you know, you got, you got to start with the meat and potatoes, but um, it's, you know, being out here in California, I mean, you, you know, when you get late in the season, you get a fully plumage like spoonbill. I mean, they're, they're, they're doubts. They're gorgeous. You know, yeah. they're really, they're a really cool bird, you know? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, definitely put them in your hunting with them in your decoy spread. That white on them really pops, you know, and you put that, you know, you're mixing your pintails with your spoonbills with the mallards, you know, that, you know, that different pop, that color contrast really makes your, your decoy come alive, your decoy spread. And it really allows you to notice movement more and stuff when it comes yeah, to the, the decoys. The, you're, you're right. And it's funny. You're seeing more and more hunters recognizing, like adding, adding, adding spoonies, you know, to their spread because of that white chest, you know? And yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of, you know, people have changed a lot of their opinion. It's like, okay, yeah. Like you don't have to have, Yes, I know you're not targeting spoonbills, you're not targeting spoonies, but you throw that white in there, you get you get a couple spoonies maybe working, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe it draws in some other some other ducks, you know. So it's, it's it's pretty cool. Like it, it definitely works, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I'll tell you what, I'm a spoonie shooter. I'll I'll shoot a little bit of spoonbills. I don't it'll bother well down here in Louisiana, we call them the Lake Charles Mallard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. They're the no, other greenhead. I think the yeah, I think I think a lot of people do, and I think it just depends if they're if they're candid and open with their with their buddies or they're yeah. trying to be all secretive. But but at the end of the day, like you know, you talked about being up there in Sacramento Valley. I mean, those those spoonies. I mean, if they're if they're eating rice and stuff, I mean, you can't. It's pretty hard to tell the difference, you know, if it's cooked if it's cooked right. Yeah, between that uh, and another verb, you know. Yeah, funny you said that. So about two years ago, down here, because uh, you know I, we hunt out of the rice pits down here in Louisiana. I shot we shot mallards and uh, spoonbills in the rice, and I I want to say something was happening. I don't know if it was a UFC fight or whatnot. But me and my neighbor came back from hunting with my kids, and we were to cook some duck up duck appetizers for, to to watch whatever sporting event we we're gonna watch. And so I almost did like a blind taste test. I knew which was which. I cooked the spoonbill. And the mallards the same. Cut them up, put them on two different plates, didn't tell nobody. Uh, the only person I knew that was me. From our wives to the kids to all our friends, everyone chose a spoonbill <laughs> over the mallard, except one person. My, my youngest son was like, no, I could taste something. It's different. I, I like the other one. I'm like, yeah, you would. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, he, but yeah, everyone thought the spoonbill was you know, was a better duck. And then they, they were surprised when we were like, hey, nope, that was, those were all the spoonie breasts. This over here was the the mallards. And you know, people were kind of shocked. And it's like, yeah, if you're eating the same thing and you, you know, taste goes off a diet and they're all eating the same, I don't know, a duck's a duck. It's, it's going to, they're eventually they're going to taste the same. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's all how they're prepared, right? And, yeah. And like I said, now, now I will say to be fair, if you, had a spoonie down here in the Sassoon Marsh. It, they yeah. don't taste as good. As, yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you shot they one of the Tuba Bell. Yeah. A little bit different than the Tuba Bell Dark Club. Um, exactly. Yeah. 
So when you guys started off, you, know, you guys had the decoys and your decoy rigs. Uh, also, in the last about, I'd say, 10 years, you guys' blind systems have just flourished. And I, I think, you know, you guys set, you know, you guys, you were talking about other companies setting the standard for decoys and you guys rose, you know, were one of the companies that, you know, raised that bar. I think you guys set the standard for, for blinds, especially when you hit the market with your, um, that panel blind. Um, I mean, I use one, I mean, I have two and then, you know, to me that when that blind hit the market, the panel blind that you can convert to an A-frame, it was probably one of the most versatile and it was so lightweight. It was one of the versatile blinds, you know, and I would say in the last five years that when they you know, hit the market that, you know, you could just use so much. Um, have you seen that blind kind of change, um, change what you guys seen there at uh, Tangle Free? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, on the, on the, on the layout blind side of things, you know, I, 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 I tell people all the time there, there's a lot of really good products out there. A lot of good brands. There's a lot of good things. So, there's, you know, waterfowlers have a lot of choices more, more so today than they've ever had, you know, like, I mean, you know, there, there's just so many more options, but in, in regards to that panel blind, you know, we, uh, you know, we're, we're good friends with Sean Stahl, you know, he's with RNT, he's one of the hosts on the TV show. And he came to me with the concept of, Hey, we've hunted out of these kind of panel blind type things. And he kind of, he talks about all the different ways that they, how they've made them or what out of what. So it just started with like, uh, you know, it wasn't on, it wasn't on a napkin, but it was on a bunch of little sheets of paper. And yeah, we worked on it for a couple, two, two and a half, three years to, to try to really, uh, get it perfected. And a lot of prototypes, a lot of stuff getting shipped back and forth, uh, to and from the factories. And, um, you know, I think what it really did is it just allowed people the versus versatility to, um, you know, be able to get up and move pretty quickly and easily, you know, not only just hunt the edge of a field or, or, or a pivot, but also the middle of the field. Or, um, the thing I think is really cool is it has allowed either younger hunters or older hunters, a much better, easier way to hunt. Um, you know, it's pretty hard to come up, up out of a layout line if you're not used to it, you know, especially yeah. if your health is, isn't in the best. So the fact that, a younger or older hunter can sit on a stool and, you know, see, see what's happening a lot easier and then get up and, and, you know, have a, have a chance to shoot, shoot ducks or geese, uh, a lot easier than, you know, come coming up from, from your back on the ground. So yeah, it's been, um, it's been a fantastic item and it's, it's really helped raise the bar as far as, um, I guess I'll say knowledge of, of the brand really. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I think it was a, so a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I've been hunting with one for the last three years. Ever since I've seen them, I first seen them, I was in Stuttgart at, um, at Worlds, and I was down there. And um, I linked up with, uh, at the time, Haley Hernandez and uh, Chelsea Falcon. Yeah. I know they're good friends oh, yeah. of mine. I was actually at Haley's wedding with her and her husband. Oh, Brandon. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, great people. Um, and you know, they were showing it to me at the, um, at the expo and how, or not the expo, but at the, at the little kind of like the fair they have at Stuttgart. And, um, 
you know, we're looking at it, and it was me, John Perez, and uh, from Valorant Honor Outdoors, and Stump from uh, RMC Calls, and we're looking at it, talking about it, because you know the different ways we hunt, and because um, you know, uh, I'll guide waterfowl hunts for you know Valorant Honor Outdoors, a you know, nonprofit organization that um, that takes out first responders and veterans and active service members hunting, and um, we're like, yo, this is the perfect thing. You know, even just like you said with the health, we can, you know, if we have a disabled veteran that, you know, is in wheelchair, they can still get to hunt. You know, it's super accessible to, you know, to put a wheelchair in and, and take someone on the hunt. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it, it just added, it, it added so much more to our hunts and being able to, it, um, with its versatility, I mean, using it on the edge of the lakes in rice fields during teal season, using it, um, man, in fields, making a false levy out of it. Uh, yeah, I just really, it's a real, like we talk about it all the time. It's one of the, probably one of my favorite pieces of waterfowl equipment that I get to use because it just, it opened up so many doors, uh, for hunting and, um, you know, with concealment. Uh, of hunting, you know, and, and then just our waterfowl uh, realm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is it, it it's given just people it's like just just a whole different uh, a whole different way to 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 try to you know try to target and go after these birds. So it's it's been it's been really cool, you know. That's that's for sure. It's, it's been a, it's been a fantastic item to the assortment, you know. Yeah. Um. So I mean. You know, with, out of all the items you guys have, you got I me mean, from the blind bags, the, the decoys. Um, what's you? What's some of your favorite gear? What, what What's some of your own go to gear when you come out uh, with um, when you get when you go when you even when you hunt? You know, in California, your home state, or even when you go out to hunt in um, uh, other well, other realms. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. Uh, you know, definitely go out and hunt the Midwest a, a, a couple times a year. Uh, like I, like I'd mentioned, uh, with Sean Stahl and, and when they do the TV show and stuff and, uh, you know, you just talked about the panel blind, but man, what I've, what I've talked to a few people about recently is what's cool about the panel blind is, um, you know, it's, it's waterfowling is supposed to be social. And when you're in a panel blind, you certainly can talk and visit and see the excitement or the surprise or the frustration. Like we're, if you're all, if we're all hunting on the layout lines, you know, 90% of that gets, gets missed, right? Like yeah. you can see the excitement. So the fact that you get a great group of guys together um, and you have fun um, and you can see what's going on. I think the panel lines are fantastic. Um, you know, our, our skinny decoys, um, you know, we're, the biggest thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to give, waterfowlers as many tools as possible to help them whatever they're you know whatever they're if they're field goose hunting uh or you know hunting in the delta or whatever so so we try to have a lot of different um uh, a lot of different options but one one item that i think has been cool that i was proud of was we came out um a couple years back with a bag uh it's called the go-to bag and we, we kind of worked on that one. It, once again, that one took a little bit longer than what we had liked, but sometimes, sometimes things take a while, but it's just a pretty cool, unique 
uh, blind bag, you know, that you can yeah. be kind of hands, hands free with it. And it's got a couple boxes of shelves for you. And it just, it seems to work out really, really nicely. And, uh, that, that's a, that's a, that's a bag and item that I like quite a bit. Yeah. I have a, I have a lot of buddies that actually run that bag. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's a it's a it's a good it's a good bag for us. Yeah, oh yeah, because it's definitely an in between between a uh, you know your traditional pit bag, which I lo- I love pit bags. That's my uh, I, for some reason I've done the backpacks and all that, but I, I um you know I have you know two tangle free backpacks, but I keep going back to to a pit bag, and you know we're saying the butt the backpacks. Um, where that uh, the go-to bag is kind of like the in-between, like almost like a hybrid where you could sling it and it fits flat on your back or you could still put it, you know, put it next to you when you're in a pit or in a, um, in a, what do you call it? Um, a layout blind and it still fits, you know, still has like that duffel bag shape where you can still get into it pretty accessibly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been, I think you're right. I mean, that's kind of what we wanted to achieve is to be able to, you know, have it, have it be able to be used in a lot of different hunting situations, you know? So it's, uh, it's definitely been a, one of my favorite items that we've, you know, that we've had. So. Yeah. Um, besides that, when it comes onto the gear wise, what, um, I know that you guys, you know, did that partnership with um, First Light. How's that going? Yeah, it's going great. You know, they uh, they came to us a couple of years ago, and they were, you know, mentioning they were gonna they were gonna have a waterfowl pattern that they were basically um, working on, and they wanted to know if we'd be interested in working with them as far as um, um, co-branding or you know uh, putting putting the Tangle name on on some accessories and stuff. So that went great. And, you know, once again, I mean, that's where, that's where, um, they're really great to work with. Um, you know, I just touched base on it, but that's where we really try to give the customers, you know, I mean, we started originally, we started with Realtree and they were like, it was max four. And then, you know, then it turned into max five and I've got max seven. Yeah. We've done a few things with a few of their other waterfowl patterns. We've been with Mossy Oak for a long time as well. Um, you know, um, we, you know, we currently have, you know, the shadow grass blades and bottomland and on a few skews. And, um, we did some stuff with Nat gear back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we've obviously do some stuff with, with Optifade, yeah. um, with the, with the marsh and timber pattern. So with first light, it was like a chance with their new type of pattern. It's just a chance to give consumers a chance at a, at a, at another option, you know, and yeah. um, what, what works, what works for you might not work for me and then vice versa with, with other, with other patterns. So we're just trying to give, we're trying to give people as many options as they want. So, um, just to see, to see what works, you know, for, yeah. for where they're at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we were up at the, at the expo up in Little Rock about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe it was. Um, yeah. And we've seen those guys, uh, JP and all them from, uh, duck camp dinners. Yeah, we had yeah. yeah we had them on our show and we kind of linked up with them and you know said what's up and they you know, they were showing us you know a lot of your stuff and you know the first thing I gravitated to was definitely the, uh, the they had the panel blind set up and I was you know that's my number one gravitation when I see one of those I kind of always want to gravitate and 
talk about that because, like I said, that was probably been one of the most versatile items I've used in the last past couple of years. Probably, I'll tell everyone that is my favorite item you guys make is that panel blind. The fact that you know you, I bought two of them. I could, you know, they're so customizable. You know, when the, into the way I hunt, I can widen them, I can shorten them. I use them for dove hunting, field hunting. I, I use them all. Yeah, I use them a lot. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're definitely a just a very a very good tool to have to have in your toolbox, right? To add a chance. Yeah. To, yeah. So yeah, uh, how, did, how, how did that show go? Are you happy with it? Like, obviously, there's a lot of folks there. Yeah, it, it went pretty well. Um, I, me and my oldest boy went up there and we blew in the um in the cut down calling contest. Uh, I mean, that was a fun, you know, you know, getting to blow with some of those guys, and you know, you get to see Kyle Jones there and um and all that, and uh, you know, there's guys from Riceland, you know, you know, seeing some of our buddies. Uh, like Roland Cortez and um, you know uh, Mr. Bill Daniels from Rice and Custom Calls. You know, it, it was pretty neat. I liked it. Um, uh, Little Rock's Little Rock's an interesting town. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. It's very very interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't, but yeah, I know. I know they were pretty happy with the attendance. I know yeah. they wanted to kind of make it where some of those indoors obviously where it wouldn't be as hot or yeah yeah, so, it, yeah was, it sounds yeah it was pretty nice there were a lot of vendors a lot of good um seminars there um uh, it kind of reminded me of um the man you know the cal expo show back in the day oh yeah okay okay gotcha. yeah yeah we just, yeah, just minus cool. the boats yeah um yeah but yeah, yeah very cool good yeah, it was pretty nice there. So I know we talked about uh, before uh, being from California and the the fishing. You said you fish a little bit out there. Uh, I, I, a little bit, you know. I think once again, it really just comes down to time, right? I mean, I've yeah, I got so I got. I was actually I was out to lunch today with two buddies who are captains, and they've spent time in Alaska being captains there. Now, now they're here on on boats doing you know all the all the fishing from. Uh, even, you know, crab, crab to, to, to halibut, to salmon, to rockfish. So they, they kind of do it all. So, yeah. um, I don't really, ha- I don't really have sea legs, so I'm not really good to, co- I'm not really, <laughs> they always, they always try to tell me like, Hey, come on, it's not rough. And I'm like, man, like I just, I've been on a boat and I've been stuck before and I've been sick and it's not fun. So yeah, uh, more times than not, I'm going to, I'm going to pass, but, uh, but you know, going striper fishing or like even that sturgeon fishing just in the bay—that was that was or not in the bay, but in the delta. That was the delta. Yeah. No problem. I can handle that. Yeah, and then I, yeah. I, I, you know, I get up and do a little bit of stream fishing um, in the in the Sierras a little bit. Not much, but um, not much. No, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy it. It's just a matter of finding the time to do it. Time, you know? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. My dad does it a lot. He gets to do it a lot because he, I mean, he guides. Uh, he, he guides everywhere from like I said. Pittsburgh all the way out to you know past the gate for salmon and stuff, but he he really likes that striper fishing out there in the and then the, in the delta that really gets them, and they fish a lot up there in uh, Berryessa. They do a lot of ba- bass fishing. Yeah, yeah, no, there's I mean there, there there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of good yeah. Stuff. It's just uh, like we talked about, California is so big. Um, it is, 
there's a lot of good stuff, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good opportunities, but it's just, it's just a matter of, okay, what's your schedule like? Can you make it? Happen? Yeah. And, and, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. You said like, you know, being, being down here, you know, people talk about oh, big hunt, pig hunting is real big down here in the South, Louisiana, Georgia's the Mississippi's even in Texas. Right. But people don't yeah. realize like pig hunting is huge in California. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm, our family has a, a working cattle ranch and, um, yeah, there's definitely pigs on that. So it's, that's, that's, it's a lot of fun, you know, it's a lot yeah. of fun to, cause the season's year round, of course. And, um, so you just, you, you get to go out and hunt pigs. Pig, yeah. And they're, and they're those big Eurasian, I mean, if you want a, a real nice tux, uh, tusked up pig, you know, the real, you know, they're not all like, um, they're not really those domesticated pigs. They're more of those wild Eurasian boar style. Out there in California. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of it, it, a lot of it does depend on, on where you're at. And I say that because like our property where we're at, um, there, there's a lot of rocks. So a lot of times their tusks don't get very big because there's kind of, you know, constantly getting grinded down, but yeah, you might go seriously 30 miles, either any four direction. And like the, the whole ground is a lot different and you'll get some big tusks, you know, but yeah, um, it's really funny as, uh, as I've gotten, gotten older and wiser, I hope that, uh, a lot of times I don't even want to go after the biggest one because I'm like, well, that's going to be that much more work, you know, like, <laughs> it's going to be, going to be down a canyon like how am i going to get to it how am i going to get yeah. out and then you start thinking well maybe that uh maybe that maybe that you know the third smallest board looks like a, a nice one you know and yeah typically they're they're better typically better, better eating. eating anyways yeah know? yeah so were you born and raised in concord area yeah like the the, the concord clayton area yep born clayton area. Yeah. and that's our that's where our office is at is is here in concord so concord yeah uh Yep. 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 Yeah. Funny thing about Concord, I was reading at work, you know, because I, I retired out of the army, and then I stayed here in Louisiana because I got a a, a contracting job working with the Department of Defense, and I was you know at work last night, and I was looking at um, you know whatever news is on the internet, Concord got voted the happiest city in America. Concord. Yeah, Concord, California. I was. Yeah, kind of shocked. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> it was yeah. It was like yeah. I'll see if I can find you the the clipping. No, I'll, I'll send it to you. But wow. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was kind of wow. weird. How Concord get the happiest city in America? Eh? Wow. Well, that's cool, yeah. man. I know. Uh, you know, I guess if you listen to the news, it's all doom and gloom, right? So maybe that's yeah. joking, saying where's that, just because it, it kind of catches you off guard. But that's good. No, I mean I, I've you know been 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 born and raised here and i'm i i you know i, I live out in clayton um which is yeah. about 25 to 30 minutes out to the east so but um just very fortunate to raise raise my family where 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 we do you know yeah that's what i tell everyone like you know would i move back to california uh i mean it'd take it had to be a good deal to move back but um yeah, I was glad to be raised out there in the outdoors in like the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. Uh, I grew up in Fairfield. Um, and then my mom, my dad, you know, moved out to later in life, moved out to uh, Concord and my mom worked, you know, she 
was um, she worked my whole life and retired at she worked at Martinez for the Postal Service. Oh, so, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, those are just so uh, they're not. It's really weird about you know, the Concord, Fairfield, Sassoon, Martinez area. You you really don't have nothing there, but you're close to everything. You know, yeah. Forty five minutes, you're 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 in the ocean. An hour and a half, you're in this. You know, you're at Tahoe in Sierra Nevada. An hour, you're up in Sacramento, Rice Country. You know, forty five minutes from that, you're in um, the Redwood Forest. So I mean, yeah, it's really. It's real you know, diverse um, terrains that you can be in there in a short, really a short period of time. No, there's no question. I mean, it's it's it has a lot, a lot, lot to offer, right? I mean, that you know, you got the Sierras in the in the summer and in springtime, um, or even the fall, are, are incredible for you know the different types of hunting and fishing and, and hiking. And then you flip that over to the wintertime and it's, it's, it's world-class, you know, skiing. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you got the ocean side of things and there's, you know, and if someone chose to want to go to the big cities, like, yes, you have them. I, I, it's, it's not my cup of tea. It's <laughs> yeah. it for me, but then yeah. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of great sports teams and famous, you know? Um, so there's, I mean, and, and there's so much more, you know? So, yeah. Um, and then in and out, you have in and out of nations. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that that's for sure. One of one of my absolute favorites. Just just a very very consistent uh, good burger, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm, sure, said, I'm, I, sure, I'm sure you miss. I'm sure you miss that, right? Yeah. So Texas has them now. Texas has in and out. Okay, so you get you, you get. Yeah, so we'll, then, we'll, so. we'll go down. To, uh, I'm like three hours from Houston. So every now and then we'll, okay. we'll, we'll drive down there and go spend the day in Houston. Uh, Cause Houston kind of reminds me of, um, it kind of really reminds me a lot of Santa Cruz. It has a, like the boardwalks and everything. Oh, okay. So we'll, yeah. So when we're, when we're Joe's and Jones and go to, you know, to go hang out at a boardwalk, we'll go down to yeah. uh, Houston, hang out there, grab an in and out burger and come back. But yeah, there's definitely nothing. Fun of that. Yeah. California kids know there's definitely nothing more funner than going to, to Santa Cruz in the summertime. Yeah. Santa Cruz is definitely a cool spot, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not so very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, yeah, it's, you know, I, I do, I do enjoy, uh, I do enjoy traveling uh, for work and then, um, but you know, um, it's California is pretty, pretty unique as far as what, how big it is and where you can go. I mean, you know, this summer, uh, a couple of three weeks ago, I was down in San Diego for a soccer tournament in front of my daughters. And that's like, that's incredible. You know, just the Pacific ocean. It was, I think it had to be like 70, 72 degrees is unbelievable. And then, um, you know, a couple of weeks prior to that, we were real way far North, uh, just from the Bay area. We we're about five and a half hours North up, up past Redding, uh, yeah. up by Mount Shasta, up by Mount Shasta. So in the span of like, you know, a week we go from Mount Shasta area um, down to San Diego. And that's, that's like a, you know, that could be like a 13 hour drive. Like, yeah. Time, you know, but we, luckily we were kind of in the middle kind of, and yeah. but um, just, a, just, a, just a cool place to live. Yeah. So, and yeah. And then that, you know, that even goes back to back to you guys' company. Like we we're saying, I'm, I'm here on your website, scrolling through and looking at, you know, some of the gear that I use and everything. And it is like, 
your company represents the waterfowl where I'm looking at a timber strap where you guys can have everything from timber hunting with the timber straps all the way out to, you know, like I said, hunting at the dry fields, the, you know, long lines to go hunt the, um, you know, to go hunt in the ocean or hunting in those, um, the great lake style type hunting. Um, what makes you guys consistently try to hit, you know, all waterfowl genre. And like you said earlier, it's real hard to, you know, you know, to be good at one thing or, you know, trying to be good at everything, but you guys have seemed to be real consistent. Has that come from, you know, you traveling and bringing stuff back? Is it coming from, you know, some of your pro staffers or, you know, the, some of the guys that you guys work with, like Sean Mann and all that? Yeah, we, we um, you know, we just, we just try to really listen like to, customers and their promotional staffers or guides and outfitters. I mean, you know, like I said, the, the biggest thing is every, the Pacific Northwest is a heck of a lot different than Louisiana and California is a lot different than say, you know, Texas or New York, but we, we just try to listen and see like, if we're not doing something like, should, should we entertain doing it? Or if we're doing something, how can we do it better? Um, so we're constantly tinkering uh, trying to improve and, um, and look, there's a, there's a ton of improvement. I mean, I, I, I recognize that and I know that, and, um, we do, you know, we do take feedback, uh, very seriously and we, you know, we're trying to create, uh, as bulletproof products as we can all while trying our hardest to, um, keep them affordable. Um, it's been, it's been a pretty big challenge recently, um, but we're, we're that, that's that's what our goal is, you know, is to to, to do that, to bring that those products to the market. Yeah. So, you know, since you you know got you know recently in the last you know probably uh, twenty years in the waterfowl hunting big, what's your favorite region to hunt in? Um, man, I get I guess I'll say California only because like you know born and raised and the fact yeah. You know, you, you, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I know it better. Um, but you know, I've, I've had some incredible hunts in uh, Kansas and Oklahoma, um, which I think, I guess you'd say selfishly, like if you have an incredible hunt, like you almost like it's easier to, it, it, it ranks up towards your, towards the top of destination, yeah. you know, but, but, but once again, to be really fair, like I don't have a ton of experience of like traveling all around trying a lot of different uh, opportunities and different locations and, and states. So um, I definitely have gone a lot more places for like big game hunting. So um, just cause I've grown up doing that, it's something my dad and I do, but um, yeah. so I, I could, I could, I could touch base more on that side of things on big game hunting where unfortunately at this point, I'm still trying to uh, get a lot of uh, different states and areas to go, to go waterfall hunting. Yeah. So uh, switching to the big game side of it a little bit. What is your favorite big game animal to chase? So grew up, grew up on, uh, right here in Northern California on, uh, California, you know, coastal black tail deer. Yeah. So black tail. That one. Yeah. That one, you know, that one still gets me really excited because I've done it for so long and I, I feel like I am very comfortable recognizing, um, a good one from an okay one to a monster. So 
Um, yeah. I'm extremely picky and it doesn't bother me if I don't, I might not get a deer for three, four or five years. It doesn't bother me. I'm just waiting for that one that gets my, gets my heart pounding. But yeah, I've recently been able to, I've recently been able to go on a few different elk hunts and that, that's, that's amazing. Um, it's such a, you know, just a, just a unbelievable animal just cause they're, their size and their power and how, how, how quickly they can disappear. But, um, man, like I've been fortunate to have a little bit of success recently. And I know my wife and daughters really are excited for me to get an elk just, just so that we can have the the meat for, for, you know, a whole year practically, you know? So, um, yeah, but, um, I've gone a couple of times with a buddy of mine, um, uh, Frankie Sanders, he's a guide outfitter, Alaska trophy outfitters. And, um, been fortunate enough to go on a couple different goat hunts and that's probably about some of the my most favorite locations I've ever been was in Alaska. Um Alaska. Go, after, go after goats. Just the the terrain was just unbelievable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was one place uh, I was supposed to uh, at one point I was supposed to get stationed in Alaska and um orders change and I ended up coming down here to Louisiana, which I'm kind of glad because Alaska would be nice to um, visit, but I don't know how long, how nice it would be to, to live for an extended period of time <laughs> being that yeah, cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot difference in temperature in Alaska and, and Louisiana. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I tell a lot of people, Louisiana reminds me a lot of uh, California. Louisiana is kind of get bent out of shape about that. I'm like, you geographically it's almost the same you, know, you have your two big cities okay. big major cities with a lot of small towns and um uh you know then you have your right you know your, your agriculture and then you have the coast and it's kind of like you guys are kind of similar <laughs> but uh because funny you know when we're talking about the small towns i used to dove hunt a lot up in this town called uh pascana california up there by chico oh yeah yeah uh uh-huh. yeah I was, you know, I was kind of looking it up today because you know, dove season's going to get ready to kick off. And I, I looked yeah. at the population, and the population of Pascana is less than 200 um, people. Right, you know, right? Yeah. And yeah, you, you know, people really don't, you know, like you were talking earlier, people think California, you start thinking about, you know, San Diego, LA, Berkeley, San Francisco, San Jose. You know, you think about those huge metropolitan areas. Then you have Pascana, California, or Eugene, California. And it's just like, yeah, you know, population of 190 or population 500. If you yeah, don't think about yeah. that small, yeah. small towns there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, you blink and you go go through it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole thing about Lambertville, Maxwell and all that. I mean, those are not big towns whatsoever. Yeah. If it, no, if it wasn't for, wasn't for rice and duck hunting. Um, no, I mean, no one really right. goes there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no, no doubt about that at all. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Not, so, not, not, not very, not very big places. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely not. The people aren't going there for the vacation and a uh, tourist scene there. Um, right. Right. So, you know, if you can talk about, or, or what are some new things you guys have coming up for, you know, within the next few seasons that, Oh, if you could talk about it, uh, that Tangle Free has coming up for um, some of the viewers and some of the consumers out there. Yeah, um, you know we're we're let's see, I'm trying to think. Um, you know we 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 try to come out with 
a couple decoys a year, either to improve on existing carvings or just potentially, you know, uh, I'm saying possibly some new, new things. So we've got a few things that are way, way down the pipeline as far as that are, that'll, that'll be a new or something new that we have. But, um, you know, we, we, we always, of course, we added the, the Tysa pattern by first light. Yeah. Um, we've got a few new, we got a few new SKUs that'll be coming out here that we'll be offering the offering and the like optifade, uh, timber pattern, you know, like, uh, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a dog blind in the timber pattern. Um, so, you know, we'll offer that now. We didn't have a solo 360, um, in that, you know, we, uh, we've got some different, um, different types of coated cable rigging, you know, there's a lot of different variations between the anchor weight and the length. Um, a lot of people are, are always looking for different things. We have some of that coming out. Um, you know, you, you mentioned sandhill cranes earlier. Um, you know, we, we, we have some of those coming out soon too. Um, so that would be, um, it'll, it'll kind of be part of our, our, our skinny, our skinny lineup, um, mm-hmm. just packable, packable, lightweight, um, that's a really big bird, right? I mean, it's, yeah. they're, they, they're, they're big. So, um, you know, and that's kind of, uh, and, and, and a few other things that'll be coming out, coming out soon. Right. Um, we, we try to, we try to spread out our launches and stuff to just kind of keep them spread out, but, but more, more between now and, 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 you know, I'll say the end of the year, we'll kind of have stuff spread out for sure. Um, yeah. you know, we, we try to, we try to do a lot of things. Uh, this year we were, you know, super excited to be, to be celebrating, um, Tangle Free's 50th anniversary. So we did a lot of limited, limited runs of things, um, from logo wear, you know, like shirts, hoodies, hats to some stuff with Yeti, um, as well as we're going to be doing some stuff with R&T calls to some limited runs. Oh, stuff. Really? So that stuff should be coming out. Yeah, that stuff should be coming out pretty soon too. So kind of yeah. definitely excited about that, you know? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, uh, you know, talking about your shirts and your apparel on, you guys definitely have somebody, I love your guys' hoodies. Like those, those, those hoodies are definitely, um, you know, some of my favorite ones to have. Oh, cool. Good. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I love your hoodies and um, some of you, even like your shirts, like right now I'm wearing the, um, the Canada Goose, you know, hashtag, this is why Canada Goose flying shirt. Yeah. You know, yeah. One of, one, of, one of my favorites for sure. I like those, those sketch, those sketch ones, you know? Yeah. Those sketch I've got, ones. I've got on a ca- canvas. I've got on a canvas back one. So yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I guess, like I said, you know, you know, just for the viewers. Yes. I'm a California kid. You know, I do, you know, I've told you guys in the podcast, I do, you know, uh, pro staff for Tangle Free, but they're definitely just an all around great company. Um, you know, um, and everyone knows that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty critical about some of the stuff that, you know, I see on the market. But yeah, when, when it comes to all around genres, waterfowl, and I mean, you guys definitely hit the mark um, where, you know, for the, you know, the everyday all around hunter from, like I said, from guys who want a long line, guys who uh, are in the dry fields, everything. You guys definitely hit the market, man, and um, I'm definitely you know, proud to be you know, proud to be a pro staffer, and been proud of seeing you guys represent California, especially some of my hometowns. 
in California with this company. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely appreciate the support. And, you know, I, it's hard to believe how fast, how long, honestly, how fast time flies, but how long we've been doing this. Cause I feel like it, I feel like it hasn't been that long, but, but it has, you know, <laughs> it goes, it goes fast. Yeah. Well, it, I know we all have busy lives and everything, so we'll kind of be starting to wrap up. But uh, I definitely want to thank uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for supporting uh, supporting us. Thank you for you know allowing guys like me to you know you know to pro staff for you. you know, I know you, you know you guys have an application and you guys get to pick the people and um, you know thank you for <laughs> for picking my name. Um, it's been you know been great. Also, a big thing that a lot of people don't know. Thank you for supporting Val and Honor Outdoors and supporting. Um, organizations like that you know we really appreciate that in the, in the last past four years the um the love you guys should have shown for Valon on outdoors uh the you know, allowing us to um do the things we do for first responders service members and their families uh so definitely appreciate that oh absolutely you know we we certainly uh you know we certainly try uh with as many organizations as possible so um definitely don't mind mind helping um you know when we can and um yeah just super fortunate to be able to do what we do right because of because of those folks you know yeah well hey it's been great to have you on the show and uh, i definitely you definitely need to do it again yeah absolutely you just just let, let me know and uh glad, glad to get on it thanks for having me i appreciate it hey guys and like always i want to thank Brown honor outdoors for what they do for our service members first responders and veterans I also want to thank The Real Decoy, and I want to thank A-Bear Custom Decoy Rigs. Like always, y'all have a good one, and let Valor not fail.